Thanks for listening to Seal City SD. I'm Nick McCann. I'm joined by Seals Jagoff. Hey, great to be here to talk about the heart of the Seal season, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) we're in the in-between, right? That's the (laughs) what's going to happen. Well, we're also joined by Andy Keats. What up, fellas? Hey. Last time we uh, talked, it was basically the cancellation of the schedule. Um, How's everybody's summer going? (laughs) It is. You know, very normal. Perfectly normal (laughs) summer. Nothing out of the ordinary at all. Um, when you mentioned the cancellation of the season, is that in reference to the lost episode or did we do an episode before the lost episode? We did an episode before the lost episode. Yeah. For the listener, we had a, we had a half hour episode in the bank, you know, in the can until my computer melted down and we just never did one, but it was pretty, I think it was pretty clear that they had shut down, they had shut down the league and it looked like they were headed towards that there would be some kind of, of bubble completion of the season i think yeah there was like which, a talk of like an ontario bubble or something yeah, like that in, in retrospect seems very funny that we ever entertained that possibility I, yeah you don't think it would have been eminently doable in retrospect now that we're seeing sports we're seeing outdoor lacrosse being played like well, i think they, it's, they, I, they were going to experiment with an outdoor arena here so i think, I think just, that maybe they could have done it I think they could have. I think it's expensive. I, I think to properly do a bubble is expensive, and I think that's what uh, less lucrative leagues are running up against. Well, and there's also major immigration issues, also yes. right? with yes. crossing yes. the Canadian border. I don't actually know how the PLL is is dealing with that, but um, I mean th- that that obviously creates a lot of problems, and that's one of the things that sunk the the soccer's and their indoor soccer league bubble idea was was immigration across the mexican border yeah yeah well you know what's not stopping the what's not stopping the seals is uh this pandemic is not stopping them from making content um steve govett's making a cooking show and and a podcast so you know that's exciting right have you guys been catching it (laughs) have you guys been catching i love the uh, show i like him as an online personality personally i He's always like been the it. best on on radio interviews with with Woods, and um, mm-hmm. he's his personality is great. Like he should be on, he should be doing much more content. Yeah. Have you have you I caught don't know any Andy? Skilled chef. Uh, I, I haven't but, caught any, but I uh, but I will co-sign Govett as as a good personality. Also, just a classic lacrosse guy. Hey, you want to know what a lacrosse guy is? Govett. That's yeah. like, that's lax guy. Sorry. What are what yeah. are the uh, attributes of classic lax guy? Uh, well, a classic one, which I don't know if Govett fits, is constantly having a lip in. That that would be a a, a big one, frankly. Um, driving. I mean, f- there's generally a hairstyle, which of course Govett can, can no longer field, but yeah, he 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 sort of fits into like the lacrosse coach guy. You know, like the guy that was a lax guy 20 years ago and is now uh, just being like like everybody's uh, everybody's favorite neighbor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think early early on in our podcast, I, I think we, we talked about how the, the profile of somebody who goes further with lacrosse goes. I mean, this is this is what it looks like, right? 
So yeah. this is this is how yeah. it ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, t- tell me about what he's been making. What, what what's like on the menu? Well, let's well, see. He... There was a pepperoni chicken, I think, which okay. which which was essentially a chicken breast seasoned. Uh, I think he breaded it and then covered in pepperoni and spaghetti sauce. Interesting. That is. Which he look, I'm not gonna lie. That sounds. Food. That does sound very delicious. Yeah, that does sound delicious. I mean, but he sells it. He sells it really well. You know, you get yeah, hungrier yeah. watching him. So. He he could make craft mac and cheese out of the box with no additions <laughs> or innovation at all, and it would be it would be very entertaining. I I would tune in to watch still. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. He's got a lane. He could do it. I think it. I think it'll work. But. <laughs> They, I yeah, think they so realize um, what they've got there. I mean, they've got a media star there. Okay, good. Have you listened to some of his pods, his uh, interviews, HJ? I have not. Has Andy? Have you? <laughs> I have. No, no. no. I, I don't know I, who know, any of the people are, and I'm sure there are really good stories, and I, I should listen to one just to test it out. But I, I have it. They, I mean, just in general, especially in those early days. I know you guys were taking advantage of it with your kids who are a little older than mine, but uh, um, they just as a team were producing quite a bit of content considering they're not a con, you know, primarily a content production company. I, they, I think they have the storytelling of, of all their, their people. I mean, yeah. cause I think they've tried to keep most of them on, you know, most of them on employed and not furloughed. So they, I think they've been making good use of that through the, through the, through the pandemic. Yeah, so it's an interesting uh, timeline for them, right? We don't we don't really know what the season's going to be next year, and they're trying to galvanize like the the season ticket base and keep keep operating like they are a, a working franchise. I mean, it's got to be a really tough position to be in. I mean, I don't know where they're going with this, but well, on the bright side, it does appear that we will have a season next year. Uh, from, from what, what I can gather, right? Or that the SEALs will be a solvent and, and active team. So for me, that's that's one big victory already. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I, is So that that's that's true. That does seem to be the case. They seem like they're going to be solvent, and it seems like there's going to be a season. Are, are we going to be going to games at the sports arena in December? Does that seem plausible to you? I... Don't know. Um, I, I did yeah. re-up my tickets. Yeah, I bought week. tickets, so uh, I don't, presumably I'll be... But at the time, I mean, this was actually a big... On the last episode, I think this is what we were discussing, is when we would actually go back to the arena. And that was when the pandemic wasn't nearly as bad as it is now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I re-upped my tickets. Like, I, we had a credit because the season ended early. Like, I, I didn't even think of it, actually, when I, when I paid. But... I don't know if I'm actually going to use those tickets. I don't know what it would take for me to go. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I honestly, it makes me very nervous. Yeah. I can say pretty conclusively that uh, unless something dramatic changes between now and December, I won't, I won't be actually taking those tickets in my hand and walking into that arena. I, I think that even if I wanted to, uh, my wife would not allow me to, to go to the games. My wife might allow me to go to the game. She wouldn't allow me back in the house after the game. Yeah, for 14 days. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see how it's possible, at least until maybe. I would, 
I, I just have to see where we are, but I, I can't imagine a sporting event at at Pechanga until at least next spring, right? <laughs> I yeah. I, I don't know if I see one until there's a vaccine. I mean, we're told over and over that indoor transmission is the problem, right? And yes, yes. I, I just, I don't know what would make me go into the arena, even if they devoted an entire section to me. I, I don't think I would go still. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think they could do like a bubble in like Vegas or in Ontario or something like that, where just everybody just goes to one location, kind of do it like baseball, kind of do it like the NBA, but it's, but I just don't think one they can survive field. without the ticket money. Yeah. yeah I guess, that's, I mean, that's the big yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that math works for, for, for these smaller leagues, but. but Maybe it could have yeah. before the major sports started, but I mean, they're competing with, like major sports now yeah yeah well do you guys want to look uh two years ahead and talk about (laughs) who's going to be on our team uh we got some roster transactions most of sport these days is over analysis of roster transaction now that might be that is i guess changed in the last week but boy i've been looking at some rosters over the last couple weeks or last couple months yeah, so they signed. Well, so what's they, the big one here? The the trade, right? I, I, to me, the trade is the biggest the trade uh, yeah. acquisition that they've made so far. Seems so like they acquired uh, Tyson Bomberry for the second round pick and Adrian Sorechetti. Sorechetti, how do you Sorchetti? say that? I think Sorechetti. Sorechetti. Yeah. yeah. So this guy Tyson is supposed to be a real monster, right? On defense, defensive beast, right? Yeah, the tenth pick in the draft, um, 2019. Um, I get. Should we say that's clear? It's clearly somebody that uh, Coach Merrill wanted. <laughs> what does this mean for the makeup of the roster? Well, what I would say is that between last year and this off season, there's been a pretty clear indication that that they're focusing on the defense. So if you go through all their transactions, they resigned Belgrade. He's a defenseman. Well, I mean, he's a transition player, but primarily defense. They re-signed Gobrick and Merrill, both defensive players. Merrill, defensive captain. And uh, Bomberry is a defensive player. And then their top pick last year um, was also a, a, a defensive player who played a lot this year. So I, I think they're they're emphasizing uh, the defensive end, which I, I suppose makes sense if you just think their of... Their star power is on offense star power is on already, offense. Right? right? I mean, Berg, Stotts. And Fields. Greer and Greer, who yeah. they also resigned. You know, in fairness, they they resigned Greer this year as well. You know, he's he's a forward, so one year deal. So, what does that? I mean? don't really remember what much of gonna... Adrian Sorichetti. Are we sad he left? He played. He he played a fair amount. I mean, you know, it, it it's easy to lose track of who's playing on defense if they're not, especially if they're not like Merrill, who just cleans up. Um, on loose balls and, and Cam Holding, who also really made an impression on me last off last year uh, in the short time we had enjoying skills. So, Bomberry was a was a stud in college, wasn't he? Uh, like Andy, I think you know more about him his past, but he's got a sterling resume, doesn't he? Yeah, he was he he seemed to be a a, a standout long stick midi or excuse me uh, long stick close defenseman. 
uh, in college and transition to the to the indoor game? I think I'm excited for him. I'm adding him to my inner circle of favorite seals already. Yeah, he's he's a Cuse guy too, which is uh, I don't know. Cuse guys always come with like a little little added benefit to me. I just believe in the program. He's a big dude. He is a big dude. He's going to lay hits down, right? He's listed at six foot, but he's got to clock in at 260. Good God, that's a big dude. Hold on. I got got to look up this guy's weight. I would not want to run into that dude on the crease. Oof. 218 in your bra. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So do we – what do we think about you know, the that's interesting he uh he's an ontario guy so in addition to playing d1 lacrosse in cuse he also has a uh a pretty extensive history in the indoor game um both in the junior net in juniors which is kind of the the youth breeding ground in canada for for box lacrosse he, he played for six nations um from ontario so he, I, I correct myself. He was not transitioning to the box game. Seems like he is um, a box player who played D one field lacrosse, but but seems to have a lengthy history in the box game. Which is which is great. Like which is we've better. talked yeah, before about you know like Connor Connor Kelly's tenure here, where he was just an outstanding college field lacrosse player that had trouble transitioning to the box game. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we brushed over it, but I'm pretty happy to have Brody Merrill back as well. Just yeah, one year for entertainment for, purposes. I mean, one he's more our best year. fighter. He is the best fighter. He he was mixing it up in the PLL the other day. Uh, you know, they don't they don't fight as as clearly as uh, as NLL, but he was definitely getting chippy out there. Yeah, holding his own, and mm-hmm. you know, he's still great on on defense. Like I think he's a valuable. I guess as long as his brother is coaching the team, we probably have Brody Merrill around if we want him. So. Yeah, unless That's they good. transition him to the front office in one way or another. Yeah, is he like is he thirty eight now? Or? I would venture to say this is probably pretty controversial, but I would venture to say that last season Cam Holden was the best defenseman on the team, not 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 Brody. Well, great. Then we have two good defensemen. Okay. Bombshell, yeah. bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I, I thought. I thought Cam Holden was very good. Now he he was probably just as good the, the year previous, and I wasn't as, as tuned into it because, uh, well, whatever. My my eyes for viewing the game aren't what they used to be. But uh, I I paid close attention to him last year, and he was absolutely awesome. He also scores. He he he, he scores in transition that in a way that Brody doesn't, unless Brody's shooting from full field. Well, one of the storylines of last year's season, at least on our podcast, was the uh, goalie battle between Shigliano uh, and, and Nick Damien. So, um, Frank pretty much single-handedly cost us some of the early losses that kind of put the team behind the eight ball in the early going. And Damien looked pretty to very good to me. And the team re-signed Frank for two years um, and had a lot of a lot of celebration about Frank the Tank coming back. Um, I, I, I'm curious if you guys had had that level of celebration for for his return and and who you think should be the the goalie going forward. I did think Damude played better last year. I, I was a little bit apprehensive of, of 
buying into it just because he he wasn't like a high profile addition. I, I don't even think he was a draft pick. He was he was just like a free agent rookie. Um, so I was always a little wary that maybe it was a fluke. Um, but I did think he outplayed Frank. The the issue was they there was so much back and forth and each of them would get yanked and then the the replacement would have a very good remainder of that game and yeah. then and then that player would have a bad next game get yanked and you know so it became uh quite difficult to, to discern who was better but i but i agree with you i think i think they played better last year i i yeah. think they love the frank the tank name and woods chanting frank the tank in the game and part of me wonders if that's a big reason he's coming back and playing I do think that there was uh, some speculation. It might have even actually been publicized that uh, Frank had an injury early in the season, uh, mm. and that that might have had something to do with it. But also, like you know, I, I read the some of the uh, national writers who cover the NLL, and they all seemed to be pretty impressed by Daymood. Also, so it's it's not like he just had a few uh, randomly good games, and only um, untrained observers like us thought you know, we're, we're fooled by the results. I, th- I think people who, who know the game pretty well thought he, he was a, a promising rookie player as well. Well, he's very young. And if I'm not yeah. mistaken, don't, don't generally NLL goalies peak at a much later age. Like th- there's a lot of room for improvement and time for improvement with him. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's, uh, I think all rookies are basically under contract for two years initially. So, so th- they bring back the tandem next year. Um, and, and I, so I, I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion that Frank will be the starter for all of next year. Yeah. I wonder if like the, the two year deals with like Belgrave and Frank, the tank, does that, does that mean that they might be a signifier that they might just be more of like living in San Diego all year round and being kind of like what Berg was last year. You're, you're working in the front office, you're, you're doing this, the camps and you're doing the outreach stuff does that does that sort of signify that so. I, I think the only ones who are doing I, I think there's very few people on the team that are doing that yeah yeah i, I think like i, I mean, know holding holding does a lot of stuff for for Govett right. in the front office i don't think even berg is berg's not living here right now either is he i think he just lives not here now but he during the season he was doing more he had like a more active role with yeah, when they were sending them out to yeah. do school stuff, like I think they had a, a, a group of them, but I don't think, I'm not sure any of them are really going to be here year-round or anything. We've had some yeah. lacrosse though, right? I mean, we've all yeah, been watching uh, lacrosse. It's just not of the box variety. That's right. It's uh, It's been pretty cool, huh? You guys been enjoying PLL? I, I, I've, I've been quite liking it. I think they've done something which i have long been skeptical of which was turning field lacrosse into a good television product um but well andy can you can you explain the pll because for me it is a little weird of a concept because there are a group of teams yeah they do not play for a city right they they do not i don't think they have a home stadium no and they're playing in a bubble like how how is this all working and what is it so the, P, the PLL pitch would 
to differentiate it from the MLL, the existing pro outdoor league, um, is that it's sort of like a traveling circus. They created these teams um, and the teams are, are not pegged to a specific city, although they did, I know in year one, and I, I haven't heard as much about this in year two, but in year one, they uh, tried to get players who were uh, all from one area, like from one hotbed or one college area to play on the same team so that there would be some sort of like natural fan base built into those teams. You know, so if like you're from Baltimore, uh, they'll have a lot of Baltimore guys on one team or something like that. Um, but they, but instead of each having their own home stadium and playing home games and away games, the whole league travels to specific areas for like a, a weekend carnival, you know, a weekend lacrosse festival. Um, and so I, I think the idea was um, that that was a, an easier way to sell a sufficient amount of tickets. And they mostly play in, um, you know, like in, in Baltimore, they were playing in John, Johns Hopkins Stadium, not, not the Ravens Stadium. Um, and so they would, that, that's basically the pitch of PLL. This time around, they're playing in a bubble, but they have uh, good TV contracts with uh, NBC. And so there's, I mean, like, it's just, the, it, it translates much better to uh, TV, I think, than even like, you know, high level NCAA games, in my opinion. Main introduction to, to field lacrosse. I mean, I watched it in college, but I didn't really care. And I was, I was so drunk all the time anyways, it didn't matter. But there are some differences for me as a novice watcher that I'm yeah. hoping Andy can explain. Like, uh, I watched a overtime. A, they, they, they have a, a, a shot clock. Does normal field lacrosse have a shot clock or is that a PLL innovation? Uh, uh, MLL has it too. So it's a, it's a pro lacrosse innovation. Okay. So there is no wall or anything behind the goal. And no. I watched an overtime game where the, I think it was the Redwoods just maintained possession over and yeah. over. Like the ball would go out of bounds and they would just keep it. How, yeah. how does that work? Uh, good question. I actually, while I was watching it, I imagined that you would have this question for me on this very episode. Uh, so in field lacrosse, uh, on a shot, uh, uh, unlike a pass or anything else that happens on the field play, on a shot, the possession goes to whoever was closest to the ball when it went out of bounds, not the, not as opposed to the last team who touched it losing possession. So if you're on offense and you shoot, it goes over the goal and you have somebody playing behind the cage, you get to keep possession until, um, in, until the team takes it from you or until you, uh, you know, are, are not the closest player to it going out of bounds when it crosses the end line. And they can just hold their stick out because I see them holding yes. their stick yes. towards the line. So the stick is an extension of their body. Yeah. And so do they generally just leave someone back there so that the attacking team generally keeps possession? Yes, they do. And also because that player behind the cage is typically who the, the offense runs through. That's right. It seems like it's kind of like the point guard. Yeah. There. In most offenses, that's the, that's the point guard position. Um, but you know, if you're in that position and 
for one reason or another, you abandon your post behind the cage and the, the goalie or defenseman beats you to the end line and you lose possession, uh, your coach will rip your head off, typically. <laughs> That's 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 like a good way to get benched if you are in a uh, uh, unstable position on the roster. Okay, so what I've noticed is it leads to some very long extended um, offensive possession sometimes where, you know, basically in every case where it's not a shot that the goalie stops. Yes. Yes. Unless the player makes it an unforced. I mean, yeah, like like losing possession in that situation means somebody fucked up. So, yes. Yeah. Um, and so, and usually you build your offense around that. It's, you know, you build it with the understanding that, uh, you're going to retain possession with any, with, with missed shots, as long as the keeper doesn't, doesn't take it. So the other peculiarity I noticed is there is a two point line, right? Is that a PLL specific thing? That also is in the MLL. So it's a a, a pro lacrosse innovation, but yeah, that, that there's high school lacrosse, college lacrosse, there's no two point line. And that's, it's out I there. have to say, I like it quite a bit, and I wish that it existed in box also. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it the both the shot clock and the two-point line are, are sort of a attempts to address uh, one of the long-standing complaints in college lacrosse is that um, the, the game can tend to bog down and become far too much of a ball control offense. And a lot of the, the speed of the game that most – you know, longtime fans love gets gets lost when a, a you know the offense goes to a Dean Smith four corners type offense basically. So, have you guys selected a team? As far as I can tell, the teams are not linked to a city, so we're kind of left to find players that we are actually recognize and pick a team based off that. So, I know for me, I have decided to root for the the Chaos because they have. Uh, our beloved Whoops. seals, Austin Stotts, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Connor uh, and Connor, Connor Fields, Fields, right? Yeah, who's been amazing. Uh, yeah, he's the, the top the top seals goal scorer in the PLL is Connor Fields. Stotts barely plays, so yeah, you know Fields yeah. is really who I'm rooting for there. And you know, I, I I'm able to pick up on other players who I hate that are unfortunately <laughs> on the team, like um, uh, Dixon yeah, on, Chris on Dixon. Calgary. Yeah, yes. who's very good as well uh, in field across, but but I despise every fiber of his body. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I like the Redwoods. Yeah. I, 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 I gravitated towards the Whipstakes early. Uh, that's Joe Sy's team, right? Well, of course. <laughs> I, I so for who's all on that Josiah team that, I, that I've heard of? I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> Whipstakes? Uh, hold on. Let yeah, me we got a, I've hey, got well, it, we got got a big... We got a big whip snakes versus chaos uh, showdown tonight. Are you going to watch the stupid NBA? Or are you going to watch PLL tonight? <laughs> well, I don't watch it. I don't watch NBA. Good. Oh, four four o'clock. PLL. Four o'clock. Whip snakes chaos. Actually, this is a good point to discuss this. Where can people watch? So I've I've, I've noticed it's on NBC Sports Network. Yes. Are the yeah. games on regular NBC as well? And then what the, is the I, lacrosse pass? The championship will be on. Big boy NBC on like what do I have August to pay for? I think that's uh, quite a bit. A, a there's CBA, There's NBC Gold. I'm mm-hmm. on the website, and that's I think that's a nineteen dollar thing that you spend and you get everything. But then the, half the games are on MSN or NBCSN. So tonight, my Whip Snakes 
play your chaos on MBCSN. Okay. And, and then, then there's what another is game the structure that, of this tournament is it, it, it it's a tournament right of some kind it's, so it's yeah. very mll like it's uh it's um group play followed by a, a, a you know traditional tournament schedule it's actually so a like, reasonable when is, thing when is it to over? off <laughs> it's over so, on the ninth ninth yeah august 2nd okay. the, the group stage runs through sunday and then on the fourth starts the elimination round um and so the ninth is the championship game. Okay. Yeah. Semifinals on the sixth, and then. And I, so yeah. basically, there's like a Saturday matinee each week. Last week, this coming week, and next week. That's like a uh, a, a featured game, I think. Okay. So at uh, ten o'clock this Saturday on regular NBC, you can watch. Uh, the Atlas versus the Water Dogs. Water Dogs uh, include both Westberg and Brody Merrill. Um, oh, okay. That so is an expansion team, isn't it? Is it? I, I gotta admit, the Atlas, Atlas Redwoods, or that's what, maybe I'm looking no, at the, the 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 Atlas Redwoods and then the Water Dogs are three separate teams. But it's Atlas versus Water Dogs, um, and Atlas has this rookie uh, Brian Costabile who. Man, he is awesome. I have been falling in love with some of his clips. I should say also PLL, and I think this is one of their selling points. They're like very social media oriented. So they encourage and and even help provide like immediate clips of highlights that they then blast through their social media channels. So lacrosse Twitter is really good at getting uh, like 10 second clips of, of, of highlights going. And Costabile had a ridiculous one um, earlier this week. Is he someone that we could hope shows up in in NLL? Uh, I like, saw, is that what we should be looking at this as, as like a scouting opportunity for future players? I saw, or would any player in the, in PLL have already been drafted and or chosen not to play NLL? Typically, under a normal situation, the draft for the NLL yeah, no, the draft for the NLL will always happen after the PLL season. And the PLL season welcomes rookies that just finished college. So, yes, you can go from college to the PLL and then be drafted in the NNL, NLL. And I did on Costabile specifically, I saw NLL media salivating over the prospect of somebody drafting him to the NLL because after he had a uh, especially – sick goal he then deed up somebody uh and and looked pr pretty strong and pretty tough and uh people were saying okay the time time to sign this dude up for for box lacrosse so yes you could you could look at this as a uh a, a scouting opportunity for for the nll draft wow we're the first seals pod to identify this great draft prospect <laughs> yeah this uh, that guy the, the, i gotta say the the inside lacrosse Guys, we're we're on this early. I'm I'm sort of sort of stealing yeah, well, their, their thunder here. Seal Splash isn't talking about it. That's all I know. This PLL uh, tournament is really it's really an ideal thing to try to pull off in a pandemic. It's it's a reasonable amount of games. It's confined. You know, I it's really fun to watch on TV. I I, I enjoyed uh, was that last Saturday just watching three games you know in a day 
and I'm I'm excited I, for it. It's I mean, not being saddled down with with infections so far. So yeah, yeah, you, know, you can watch it without, which which is kind of weird considering it is a a full contact sport and there doesn't appear to be much, if any, mask wearing and, um, you know, it, in some ways it does kind of make you wonder if football could work. I mean, it, it, it seems like yeah, at least the on field outdoor action, you know, maybe it's it's okay. Yeah, I did kind of, I was watching it, and I was just like, how exactly is this fine? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just looks like normal. I mean, there's right. no crowd. It, there's, there's no yeah, exactly. concessions made for hygiene or anything. Not that I could so, say, at least, yeah. Should, should we plan around uh, Sunday the 9th, just ending up at your pool, HJ, socially distanced, and just drinking at 9.30, watching the final? Is that... That's fine. I, I'm available. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's safer than going to Pachanga. just build an outdoor arena for this coming season it it would be pretty cool right like if you if you threw up some like even just like high school quality bleachers around their practice arena outside you can make it happen yeah how can the loyal get a temporary stadium like let's get a seals temporary stadium going Andy, what do you know about like temporary stadiums? Do you know? Uh, <laughs> Everybody's got one. It sounds like. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. uh, you mean modular? Modular. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so there's so a lot moving, of ideas. We're moving into the stadium talk portion of the of the podcast. I guess so. I mean, there's a lot of ideas going around with you know what to do with Pachanga that area. I I'm coming in just saying I I don't want to change a goddamn thing. I love Pachanga <laughs> the way it is. Uh, What's wrong with it? We're not getting an NBA team or uh, an NHL team, but well, good news, Nick. I think you're going to get your wish. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Reading between the lines of these proposals, I don't think anybody is uh, bringing enough money to the table to make me think that anyone is going to change Pachanga anytime soon. Ah, have the Seals good. taken a position, or have any of the teams that inhabit the arena taken a position? The the uh, one of the proposals, the proposal that includes building the temporary soccer stadium, makes a point to say that all of the existing sports arena tenants, the uh, soccer's goals and seals, I don't know if they include the strike force. If, if, if when they say all of the existing tenants, that it, if that even includes the strike force, um, but they said that they were all part of it. But I mean, as tenants, I don't. Well, soccer's are building a new stadium, aren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Although I don't. What do they care? Yeah, I guess in the mean, I mean, I can't. I was unclear when I read that whether that just meant these people are already tenants of the arena and we won't kick them out, or you know, or or, or whether they were implying something more. Um, but I mean, we know from public comments from from Govit that they think that the arena needs an upgrade for, for sure. their own health, you know? So I think he said that on our show. I, and I'm sure the pandemic, I think they kind of hinted that they were at least toying with the idea of maybe someday having their own facility, maybe, but yeah, I will. I, I would guess the pandemic thing. has, has brut- brutally delayed, if not canceled any hope of that. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know that in the meantime, they want their own more extensive practice facilities. They, they want like a, a, a something to call their own for offices and practice facilities and that sort of thing. Yeah. But they must be asking like building structures and all that. Like what, what are, what are we doing it for if we can't sell out a, the sports arena or, you know, have big numbers. I mean, they, they, they weren't getting huge numbers when we left the, the season. No. Um, Although we were on the upward trajectory and that, and, and if you read, really had to say, isn't that the big, the big uh, tragedy of this whole thing that we never got to see where the seals attendance was going to go before mid-March <laughs> to, to go inside. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, been a rough run. It's been a rough run for the Seals. <laughs> They've had a they had they opened with a labor strike and they closed with a pandemic. And if that's <laughs> hopefully that I mean, they come weather, back. Weather canceled their big outdoor game. Uh, then the pandemic canceled. Oh, like right. just so many Stop things went well. wrong for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet at the end of it, they were playing their best lacrosse of the season, and you know had a yeah and had a great uh, you know product. It was it was like. Back to back, really fun viewing. Just yeah, closed on the best note possible on the upswing, and then everything, everything died from there. Yeah, it is if nice I was, to have I was a well-capitalized be... owner in in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Who loves? If the I game. was gonna, if I was Obviously. gonna be offered like one night out to enjoy San Diego sports, I'm taking the go to the parking lot at Pachanga, go to Pachanga, then go to go to Bay City Brewing after. That's like. Yeah. That's all I want to do, really. Yeah, that if yeah, if we're like making wishes, like your your first night out of out of the uh, pandemic. Where what are you doing? That's it for me. Yeah, the deals. Yeah, sorry, Padres. I I you know I I'd love to go down there and spend six hundred dollars, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, is there anything else we should cover? Uh, you know, we on our last episode we were going to talk about uh, the movie dirty work. You guys want to talk about dirty work? Do you have any thoughts? I know, I know HJ does. Did we talk <laughs> about it? Did, was that lost or was that, did we just, I, I, I rented it and we were going to talk about it and then I, we, we didn't get to it. I yeah. remember. I like that we've mixed that. in a subject that has absolutely nothing to do with, with lacrosse, field lacrosse, box lacrosse. <laughs> Yeah. really has no relevancy to anything other than that we're desperate to be entertained during these times and found perhaps the finest comedy that's ever been made. Or, you know, we are, you know, hopefully Steve or the team at the seals are, are listening to this. This could be our pitch for dirty work night at the seals. It's time. What? I mean, I th- Norm, <laughs> it's a home run. Norm lives in Los Angeles. He is Canadian. So there is some chance that he is a box lacrosse fan. There's some chance, yes. It's true. I mean, there's not much gambling around the NLL, unfortunately, which really would be Norm's forte. But, you know, some kind of Norm McDonald night, I think, would be a real crowd pleaser. Yeah. Would you say that he's he's one of the more in, influential comedians for your, your sensibility? Is he, is he the guy? For me, yes, he's the guy. Yeah. Okay. Although, shockingly, of all of the – I saw him live at American Comedy Company a few years ago. And it was one of the most disappointing comedy sets I'd ever been to. And I don't know if it's because I'd built it up so much and had like listened to Norm stuff for weeks ahead of time in preparation, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a great set. 
Yeah. And it was thrilling to meet him afterwards and, and get a picture with him, but it was not not a great comedy set. It's nothing like a Dallas hearing... McLaughlin comedy set. Good, good. <laughs> was how was he in terms of meeting you? Was did he seem uh, aggrieved to have to shake your hand? And no, no, go... no. Super cool, super super gracious. Um, got a cool picture with him. I, I feel like most comedians are generally, if they do the meet and greet, I mean, they're not getting paid for it. Like they I... could just leave. So I feel like they generally like it. Yeah. Well, he's kind of like widely considered by the people in his generation and, you know, around that time to be like the funniest guy who just didn't work as hard. Like, I don't know. Letterman says that about him all the time. And like, maybe he's like the, he is the the actual like Gen X comedian that didn't work hard enough. (laughs) Totally. Well, I mean, I, I think for me at least uncontroversially the best weekend update host that there has ever been. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. The the best late night guest that there has ever been, I think. I mean, maybe Dangerfield or something, but like I I think Norm on Norm's appearances on Conan were some of the best shit I've ever seen. Yeah, the best single roast performance of all of the Comedy Central roasts for Bob Saget. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like he has so many things where he's the best. And who, who and, what? Saget Saget directed Dirty Work, correct? Yeah. Yes, directed it. That yeah. was that was kind of the first taste of what real Bob Saget was. Yes. And, and then that led into like Saget doing stand up, where people kind of saw that he's he works blue. Right. And, but but yeah. Um, doesn't he have a moment in Saget production? Top, hot, doesn't he have a moment in like uh, half baked? Half he baked. Says yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to suck dick for coke. Yeah. Uh, so, put a warning on this podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the funny thing about Dirty Work when I rewatched it was that, like, it's it's he. There's obviously certain elements that he just doesn't care about, like costume design or set design or all. But there really is like a heart to it. You know, I feel I really believe that him and Artie love each other, and it's really it's really oddly touching in in certain moments when it just when it needs to be. I think it all works pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and then, like, it, it, comes, it comes during a, a, a the, maybe the lowest period of Chevy Chase's career. But, yeah. Like if you listen to any interview with Norm, like Norm's like almost like a, like a fanboy the way we are for Norm. That's how Norm is for Chevy. Yeah. So like, it's not like uh, some of the other stuff Chevy was doing at this time in his career where it's like, you know, people don't exactly know what to do with him, and but he's he's still bankable enough that he's getting work. This is like like Norm was probably over the moon that he could get, a, you know, a Chevy in in his movie. I mean, well, what I just, was he even doing in that era? Like he wasn't really working. Yeah, like Vegas Vacation. I mean, this out around that time. This, yeah, this came out after the Vacation movies, and like Cops and Robertsons and stuff. It had already sunk. Yeah, his Cops and Robertsons was like the one where everybody just decided he was done. I don't know. There was one movie he was in. What was it called? Nothing but trouble. Which oh, is yeah. just one of the worst films ever made with a great cast on it. Yeah. And then, and then what, like she, 10 years, maybe yeah, 10 years, I guess. He didn't really make a comeback after dirty work until community. community? Really? Yeah. Community. Yeah. I mean, that's like yeah. 10 years that went by. 
at least 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, well, I like, he's, I like but he's so great in, in dirty work. Oh, he's so good in dirty work. Yeah. He's so Everybody's good. good in it. That has a yeah. cameo and stuff. Well, I hope that I hope Gary that Norm Coleman is, like, is good in dirty work, like Gary yeah. Coleman. Yeah, uh, I hope the Norm like gets really into gambling on NLL when that when that happens. I, I, to me, so, I think that's so. Norm has lost all like every dollar to his name two separate times. Wait, right? I think that's it. Yeah. 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 But he's Canadian. He maybe he's a, if he's a sports gambler, you know, if they open up that app and you know have the NLL at the forefront of legalized did gambling. Guys, I mean, did you guys listen to uh, or watch a sports show when that was on comedy central? Oh, yeah. sure. I yeah. yeah. It was great. Like, like truly great. I can't for the life of me, understand how that didn't work, how that didn't stick. I don't get why everything he does fails. Yeah, I know. Well, and, and he has a very clear eyed understanding that everything he does will fail. He, like, he, he, yes. It, it does. He doesn't have any expectation otherwise, which is endearing. I appreciate that about him. But I don't get it. As as somebody who finds everything he's doing absolutely classic, I don't get it. Like the man doesn't even have a driver's license. I, I don't know if that's a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, part of me thinks it's a bit. Uh, but yeah, he's just like be. such a odd dude. Lives yeah. in like an apartment still. Like never really lived the Hollywood life. No. Yeah, they all say he's like the funniest one and he just doesn't apply it the right way or you know like except when you look at like film. adam, adam sandler's like his age you know yeah so here's a here's I mean, an interesting were... history what if this movie comes out two years earlier and it's like right more in the sweet spot of that tommy boy uh billy madison happy gilmore uh black sheep run of of comedies from those guys in that era does it does it do better? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so I saw this in the theater. I, I, don't I know saw this in the theater saw twice. In the theater. I saw it two yeah. times in the theater. Yes. There was no one in the theater when I went. <laughs> no, no, and no the only reason no I saw it was because Howard Stern was um, promoting it on his show. But I don't think there was like a marketing campaign or anything for this film. It was really low budget, and it like didn't have any. I think the studio basically just wanted to dump it. Like, yeah. I think there's and a it, real chance it comes out and just disappears like Stuart saves his family, the movie and the other, I mean, there's a large number of terrible Saturday night live themed Lorne Michaels films that sure. yeah. were released wide release, but were gigantic failures, even yeah. good ones. I mean, ladies man was a good movie, but it was not a box office. Uh, Superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Which wasn't a good movie, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those, and I kind of worry that Dirty Work would have just, no matter what, was kind of, I don't know, doomed to fail. Well, like, which I don't get because I, no one I've ever shown it to, including my, you know, my wife who who was not excited to watch it, yeah, loves the film afterwards. Like, well, you can't help yeah. but not think it's hilarious. No, and and well, all of the bits and the jokes have aged fine. Yes, no, they have aged fine. Absolutely, the. Even well, like like it actually comes across as as, as fairly woke in a, in a in a very subversive, ironic way. Right. Uh, other than calling all females prostitutes, which is a, a big thing in the movie, but other than that, you know. <laughs> sure, but like the 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 butt of that joke is 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 norm is, is norm for having done it, you know? Or yeah, 
yeah. morally for having done it. I mean, that like some of it, it's like like Norm views it as like a challenge, like all, like almost like a Tom Green anti-comedy type thing. Like, can I make a studio film in which the bit for like two full minutes is that there's nothing happening on screen except for two guys standing perfectly still staring at the camera where all the action is happening off screen <laughs> when they when they're hiding the fish and the the mobsters kill everybody which is by far the best it's the best bit in the movie <laughs> it's it's i mean it's it's like a bizarre challenge that you i would assume no studio would let you get away with anymore but it works perfectly he, he nails it he sticks the landing it's great yeah. My favorite, my favorite bit in that movie is I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because he died, but that when when Chris Farley like put on Street Fighting Man on the jukebox, yeah. I die every time. That's just so funny to me. I I remember that was that was the trailer. That was the joke in the trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it, it's and crazy it, that Chris Farley is uncredited in the movie. I think Adam, I think and, Adam, and, Sandler uh, Adam Sandler too. Yeah, yeah. Adam Sandler yeah. Too. I don't know. It's a it's a fascinating one. The uh, the fraternity guy's phone call when a, a, after the fight when he <laughs> yeah when he's describing it that kills me every time. It's so good. <laughs> it's got better than well, Ezra playing. Like it's pretty great. Yeah, the soundtrack no, is really those, elite. Those frat guys also are like 1997 down the middle. <laughs> like, couldn't be more 1997. Yeah. They're probably the guys that are, you know, watching the PLL this weekend. <laughs> you that's know? true. That's true. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm glad. Like so much. I'm glad that we got to. One thing I'll say though, real quickly, as, as the biggest yeah. Dirty Work fan, there is yeah. no bigger disappointment though than watching Norm's follow up to Dirty Work. Uh, I think it was Screwed. Oh, Screwed! Yeah, with, I walked with, out of it. with Dave Chappelle, right? I walked yes. out of that on paper. You know, yeah. it looks like it should be great, especially as follow-up to dirty work but it is a it, devito's in it too isn't he yeah yeah and sarah silverman isn't she yeah the third? dreadful yeah. movie i walked out of that one i was just like i'm not gonna ruin my opinion of these people with this <laughs> <laughs> i had a real run in like that era where i would just leave movies like i just didn't <laughs> 30 minutes and just like nope this isn't good nope. i know that this is not gonna get better and i'm gone but it's bad. Well, uh, it's bad. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, do you want to? We should probably do another one of these. Um, mm-hmm. when, when is when is the NLL draft? Is that coming up soon? Dial that up. It's fall usually, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the people are going to need draft preview, like bad. You know, they. But yeah, well, I'll yeah, happily we... read somebody who actually reports on this league professionally. I'll, I'll read the names of people they say are going to get drafted, and then say that. <laughs> I want the Andy Keats draft. I want the Andy Keats draft board. You got to be. You can be I, I'll, I'll say now, Costabile is on at the top of my list. That Ooh. basis of two gifts specifically, he's he's soared to the top of the list. We got to get you to the point where you have a ticker at the bottom of the screen. Like who's left on Andy's board? <laughs> who's left on Keats? Yeah. Keats keepers. Well, so we do have our our first round pick, right? And hopefully it's yes. high enough to get Costa Bill. But we also have the fifteenth uh, selection comp comp pick for losing right. Dan Dawson. Yes, precisely. And then yeah. we traded a different pick. 
Cool. Well, let's so, I mean, uh, we're set up set up well for some exciting infusions of talent. Yeah, we could. Uh, we'll cover the the PLL. We'll find out who the winner is by then, and then we could do some draft preview. Uh, well, hey, check us out. Check out the, the Kept Faith and Quintelligence and the Voice of San Diego podcast. Uh, we'll be back with more Seal Seal City SD later next month or so. Go Seals. I'm just looking for my friend, my friend. I'm just looking for my friend, my friend. I'm just looking for my friend, my friend. Yeah, I'm just looking for my friend. Do I inspire you? You really need this. I could be your Jesus. Do I?
Go Seals.